unlimited power! It's June 16, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 49. And trading the cicadas for fireflies? I'm Abel Kirby. And rocking set theory in my day-to-day life, I'm cold acid. Set theory. Set theory. Set yes. theory. What is set theory? You're going to have to explain this. I, I have a vague notion, but I've never had a great grasp of it. Uh, I know it better than I can explain it. Mm. But this comes from something that I realized earlier today. And you know how people, you know how people say, like, unholy union of X and Y? Aha, uh-huh. yes, I've heard that. Fact of the matter is, that's not a union. It's the intersection, the unholy <laughs> intersection of X and Y that they're actually talking about. Yes, yes. The ogived shaped middle of the Venn diagram. Indeed. <laughs> to be technical about it. Someone was missing that word. Someone was talking about the intersection of two circles the other day. It was on a podcast and they couldn't, qu- they couldn't get the word ogive out. And I was screaming it in my car. I was doing a lot of that, actually. Uh, I told you beforehand, but I went on travel. Uh, and so I was in driving for, must have been 16 hours total over the, over the past week. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to all kinds of stuff. The, uh, the trip from uh, Maryland to New Hampshire. What sort of stuff? Oh, you know, podcast. Hey, you know, I opened my beer, so maybe that's... <laughs> I'll tell you real fast what it is, and then I'm going to tell you what, what, about my podcast. I got this... I better open my cider then, too. Yeah, I got Japan's number one selling beer, which is a product of Italy. Oh? Yeah. Asahi, I think, is how it's said. Asahi? Asahi, that's it. It's, um... It, it tastes... Here's my review of Asahi. It tastes the way beer tastes when you're a kid and you drink beer. So like, terrible. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, you know, it just tastes like that. I was like, hmm, it's interesting. Well, and for what, me, what all, for me, all beer tastes terrible. So <laughs> whether or not I'm a kid. So what do you drink instead? What do you get? I've got a cider and it's not a good cider. Mm. It's another Thornbury. I forgot that I don't like Thornbury. So I ended up buying it and <laughs> having cracked it open and taken a sip i remember why i don't like it does it taste like darwin or does it taste like donnie har har ah, okay yeah well what i've been i actually i'll tell you what while we're talking about cider i kept looking for some cider i've been trying to get one on the show that looked good so i could like pop it open and be like hey i got a cider today woo is that weird and uh you know, this is the extent of, of uh, what I think entertainment is, obviously. The, uh, uh, my, uh, my reach isn't that, my, my grasp of these things isn't that great. So I think that's a good idea for the show. Anyway, I can't find it. I'm going to all these different, the, the new liquor stores around, the new packy stuff like that. Um, there's no cider selection. They got one or two things, and they're the same crap that they have uh, at every other store. So I'm on the hunt. I'm on the lookout. For, if it's uh, yellow, you got juice there, fellow. <laughs> if it's brown, you're in cider town. Oh, man. And no, Servo, it does not taste like Nigel. I wouldn't even know what Nigel tastes like, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure this is not it. Ah, pop it. I can't do his voice. We got someone, to, someone who could do a good Nigel voice. Uh, I'm scrolling through chat. Who do we got on chat today? Uh, we got Carb Blaine's talking, Asahi. We got Servo in chat. Servo is one of our, our first producer for the show. He's the first one to ever send us anything. 
<laughs> I see cold acid. I see boobery. Boobery was jock and cheap a few minutes ago. Yep. We got Serpent uh, talking about hentai OS. That's everyone who's talking right now. That's cool. If uh, if you listen to the show, yeah. you can you can always uh, come listen to us while we're uh, recording live. We record live uh, on uh, on a stream every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And if you go to rareencounter.net, you can get the link for that. It has the link to the stream. It has the link to the chat room where you can come and yell at me in the middle of the show. And uh, depending on how things go, you might get my attention. I might talk to you. <laughs> or you or yep. you uh and unlike and unlike hog story or joe biden you do not have to come with a phone number no because we don't have a phone number i did uh nope. i did no we don't i did fix an alias problem with my uh my email or a routing problem with my email my show email was getting dumped in a place where it shouldn't go um it wasn't anything Ooh. on your side it was something on my side and i fixed it uh so i may have lost some uh, if anyone sent me an email at my uh my uh show email address it probably didn't make it to me uh but it's fixed now so it's back online yay yeah so what do we got first we gotta get some stories in here we get we got some foreplay topics what do we have well for one thing windows 10 support ends in four years mm-hmm and this That's... sounds like further evidence that windows 11 is around the corner we still gotta wait till next week to find out What's actually going on? I believe it's the is it the twenty fourth? Yeah, uh, we, yeah, June twenty four. Microsoft plans to unveil the next generation of Windows. Dun, 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 dun. And we can all cringe. I'm I am not looking forward to that. What what I think this press release is. Here's my prediction. He's just going to tell us, Mister Satoshi Nutella is going to tell us something we already know, which is that Windows uh, is evil and they uh, want to uh, destroy you. And they're not happy with people like me. They want people like me to be subservient to them and do what they want. And they're going to... Windows Linux edition. They're going to tool Windows uh, 11, if that is what the next version of Windows is called, in such a way to uh, to try and make me uh, uh, submit to them and uh, or, or get me off the platform. That's my, uh, that's well, my suspicion. You can always switch to Amiga OS. <laughs> yeah. I've been on that tip for a while. Not the Amiga one, but the uh, podcasting on a non-Windows system. And also not Mac. So I have some Linux distros. I keep trying them, you know. Uh, but I can never get it... I can never get the audio routing right, right. I can never get the recording working just right. And so it's always... Even Linux professionals can't get the audio routing right. And speaking of that, apparently... There's a new audio framework coming into the Linux kernel. Oh, great. Because Pulse Audio wasn't terrible enough, apparently. Mm -hmm. And this one, again, just like Pulse Audio in System D, is thanks to those motherfuckers at Red Hat, or, or as it should properly be called, IBM slash Red Hat, <laughs> like GNU slash Linux. Yeah. Uh, I like that. <laughs> Ah, uh, there's our tech stuff. There's been it it's just such a bleak world. Every every announcement that comes out, you know it's just gonna make things worse. That's my maybe I'm a pessimist when it comes to this stuff, but I know it's just gonna be bad. Well that's why everybody should start using like Eros or Haiku or another great open source version or replacement of a classic operating system of the nineties and eighties. I, I kind of like the idea of doing everything with um, 
you know, uh, maybe RS-232. Maybe we can do some low-level, you know, I'll write a C code driver to send uh, send some packets over there, and that'll be how we chat. You know, we'll just run a... All we need is two wires. We got to run them across the border, and that's how we'll do our, uh, our chat feature. And then uh, for audio, I don't know, tin can with some string between it. You know, that might not be too bad. You just completely go back to yep. caveman days. But they used to do that, uh, you know, uh, a long, long time ago. They used to have all analog transmission chains. No digital, there's no computers, there's no nothing. The entire thing from the microphone all the way to the airwaves and then all the way back down to, uh, back down through the receiver in your, uh, your radio, which is an appliance in the middle of your living room, a piece of furniture in the middle of your living room, was all analog. And it was tubes and then, you know, later transistors, which I, are still analog devices. And, uh, you know, it's just... There's there's some appeal to that, you know. I think about that once in a while. You can go back and look at the history of radio, and the it's like, well, it's good old days, as some people would say. But we had yep, up, yep, upcoming. Yep. I mentioned on the show a while ago, WBZ, which is a Boston radio station. Um, it's actually the not the WBZ most people think of. It's WBZ News, which is the AM version of the station. Uh, uh, is is actually celebrating their hundred years of radio uh, upcoming this year. Yeah, 100 day celebration. 100 days for 100 years. And so we put a little article from the show. I pulled this off from uh com. That was that the magazine that uh, Adam Curry was interviewed for. He was on the cover, I suppose. Though I haven't seen the cover. I looked through their site and uh and uh, picked out some stories from it today. But I've been on this one for a while. WBZ is a is a station I remember. I used to listen to when I lived in the New England uh radio market and it's all my dad used to listen to it, you know, and I'm sure my grandfather used to listen to it, too. Uh, the, and his grandfather before him. <laughs> I don't think it goes back that far, but uh, certainly in the 1920s, um, there were more and more people getting radios around 1930s and 40s. Certainly by the time the war came out, I think a lot of people were buying radios just to keep up with things. Um, but WBZ was just always there, and, they, and the station has some just great history. I mean, one of the one of the guys who used to always be on it, one of the voices, I think in the eighties was always Billy West. You know, the, he was the, the, the vo- Billy West, the Billy West. Yeah. That's where he started. Nice. And so he would do the funny radio ads and the voiceover, all the different voices and for, uh, you know, the skits on the show and yeah. through the you know nineties and everything. And, and of course we all know Billy West from his, uh, his voiceover work from cartoons, uh, you know, starting with the first one I remember was Doug, where he played both Doug Funny and Roger Klotz. And then uh, Futurama is probably what most people think of him from. Yeah. He plays Fry. <laughs> but he's he had so many. He did just voice Fry. He did, he did the voice of uh, of uh, Zap Brannigan as well. And Originally, uh, Zap was supposed to be voiced by uh, Phil Hartman, but he got murdered by his wife, and, and so... As a homage to Phil Hartman, he voiced Zap Brannigan the Phil Hartman way. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, Billy West has been around. He's a, He's been in so many things. I'm sure if you bring up the IMDP page, it's just been in all kinds of random stuff. And there's a, lo- a lot of stuff he did doesn't show up on that page because it's like little one-shot radio voiceover crap from, uh, from the uh, 80s and 90s, you know, stuff like that. Terrestrial radio is, I don't know, it's not the same as it used to be. 
I can lament the the formats of the shows are different. They're not they even back just 10, 15 years ago, I remember them being punchier, more interesting. Yeah. And you had the you know some great guys. I never liked Howard Stern that much. That's so totally a Gen X thing. Uh, do you ever listen to Howard Stern at all? No. Um can't say that I have. I always think of when Carl with a K, he showed up on Grumpy Old Ben's and uh he was talking about, oh, this guy was like a minor character on Howard Stern, blah, 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 and he's going off and on. And I was saying to myself, oh, yeah, that's just just more proof you're a Gen X because you you think that anyone cares who who was on Howard Stern, you know, like that's important to anyone. Uh, I guess to Gen Xers it is, but it's not it's even kinda, to all of them. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's I mean, some, I consider myself a very late Gen Xer. My, one of my cousins, uh, she was she is right in the middle of the Gen X period. She never bothered listening to Howard Stern. Yeah. I may, I, I suppose I'd be a uh, old millennial, as some people call us, or early millennial. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Do you remember any radio shows from back in the day? Any stuff you used to listen to? We're talking about old radio. Oh, uh, yeah. Humble and Fred. Humble and Fred. Who's Humble and who's Fred? What's the show about? Okay, so they were they were a morning show that used to be on uh, 102.1 The Edge here in the Toronto area. Okay. And they were, they were pretty decent. It was a, it was a decent uh, morning show. And that's about all I remember <laughs> about them. I think they, I think they're still on the air somewhere out in the, out in the Prairie provinces nowadays. Broadcasting from the retirement home. <laughs> at this point it might be yeah i remember uh let's see opie and anthony was on we had a couple other stations so we, i remember those guys they they get brought up once in a while uh i never liked their show that much they had toucher and rich i thought was a better sh morning show that was another new england area they they were and opie and anthony did this too they were kind of the shock jock types but they were funnier than, than howard stern was if you ask me they would do things like they had a bit where um, they said the, the mayor of Boston was Mumbles Menino, and they would do a bit where they said, yes, and, uh, in, uh, breaking news today, it looks like Mumbles Menino has died in a helicopter crash, and, uh, we're waiting for some more coming in. And so they do, like, a fake report that the mayor died or something like that. They get suspended for it, and, you know, like, yeah, they're kind of <laughs> edgy, but, and they had the whole morning zoo thing, like, they had the, uh, they had a intern named, uh, what was his name, Adolfo? who was the Hispanic, the fat Hispanic intern who they'd send out on, on the street. And, of course, you never see him. You don't know if it's just a guy doing a voice, right? They'd send him on the street and have him talk to uh, to, to women outside bars and just laugh at him for being nervous for it. You know, they, they do shit like that, which is fun. Hold but, on. Astolfo? As, Astolfo? That might have been it. Or it might have been... I thought it was Adolfo, but maybe it was Astolfo. No, it says that Astolfo is something Servo is asking, and... Oh, I'm not. I'm knowing. sure. I'm sure you Astolfo, know what, yeah. which Astolfo he's probably thinking of, and why I'm now thinking of. <laughs> no, it was a. It was a. Beware of the trap. They had the uh, drunk Red Sox recap guy. It's you know just a, a lot of fun reoccurring stuff. So they had a guy who would every time the Red Sox played a game, there'd be a drunk guy outside the stadium. They'd just interview him for the radio show. And he wouldn't know what's going on. He wouldn't know who played or, or what, you know, sometimes he'd just be completely out of it. It's that kind of shit. Yeah. Which is which is hilarious, I suppose, when you're 14. But uh, 
You don't hear it the uh, around here at least. Ah, oh, well, there's the radio recap. <laughs> yeah. How about we segue over to podcasts since we're going from one type of broadcast to another? Yeah. What kind of podcast do you listen to? Yeah. What's going on? What's tell me about podcasting this week? I don't know. There's some, there's some stuff that we got to fact check on Grumpy Old Ben's. <laughs> we're the Grumpy Old Ben's fact check team. No, I don't. Th- I don't think that's what we really do. Uh, but yeah, there was. Um, I think you're referring to a note that I made about uh, fingerprinting. I was. Driving- I was making some. I was making some other comments myself in the uh, in the troll room while they were talking about that. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's hashed or not. It's still it's still going to be a unique identifier to an individual. Yeah. So um, let's take a step back. Grumpy Old Ben's episode 168, Crypto Zealots, was their show that they had most recently. I listened to that live driving down the New Jersey Turnpike. Uh, I got on the New Jersey Turnpike right about when the show started, and I, I think it was still on when it stopped. So, huh. That was, uh, that was my, how my, uh, my Monday was going. The, uh, one of the topics on the show had to do with, uh, what was it, a Six Flags? Six Flags, um park that was fingerprinting guests or they're using they're high tech they're using biometrics it wasn't just one it was like the entire chain if you used uh if you bought a season pass they want to make sure that you can't swap that and you know we have things like in america like photo ids uh i, I suppose that should be uh, uh enough to prove that you're who you say you are but uh i guess six flags oh, costco puts a puts a black and white photo of yourself on your member card yeah so, you know, I guess they thought it was it was cooler to have a fingerprint. I get a fingerprint that lets me in the park, you know. Uh, maybe if you forgot your ID or, or whatever, I don't know. It's uh, It seemed like a silly sort of thing, but... So what's the... Remind me of this this whole situation. There's a lawsuit against them now? Yeah, there was a lawsuit. The lawsuit settled now. Yeah. Um, apparent, apparently, apparently the people in this uh, class from the lawsuit are going to probably are going to get about 200 US dollars each which is Woo-hoo. like two two years of season passes right you know who's really making the most money off of it it's the fucking lawyers yeah of naturally, course actually because that's how these things go most of the settlement pretty much always ends up in lawyer pockets rather than the people who who are suing for relief i think the news here is that a season pass? You said you can buy two with $200, so what's the season pass? It's only $100? That doesn't sound yeah, like much at all. That's what they were saying on uh, Grumpy Old Ben's, and I haven't bothered to fact-check that, because we don't really have Six Flags up here in Canada. I'm just looking. Sixflags.com season pass is now only $59.99. Limited time offer. Huh. Pay, season pass pays for itself in two Which means visits. that it probably is about $100 regularly. Yeah. Oh, cool. So what are we fact-checking about this story? About the whole hashing thing with the fingerprints. Yeah. And you had a whole bunch of notes about fingerprinting that uh, that I thought was interesting and we should be bringing up. Well, I, I was trying to get some lead into this here. Um, the, there's some, the, the topic of fingerprinting has always been interesting to me because it's an image processing and a, a signal processing problem. Um, so I, I know a little a little about it. And just knowing a little bit about it, that as I was driving down the New Jersey Turnpike listening to Grumpy Old Ben's talk about 
fingerprinting, I I uh, I had to uh, yell at my car and slam my steering wheel, and and uh, I don't know, I probably flipped someone off just uh, just because I was so angry that they got a fact wrong. Ugh, can you believe that? There's the button. <laughs> no, so um, I'm not I'm not berating them or anything. I I just thought it would be fun to bring up some interesting facts about fingerprints and how they're stored. Um, the the main thing is that usually fingerprints aren't stored as images, and I think this was lost. Uh, it might have been a throwaway comment. I'm not going to call these guys out for like getting it wrong or anything. But uh, you no, usually... I, I was just I was just talking I was just talking shit for for effect really the uh the the way that you store fingerprints in a database is with a hash but it's not the same as like a uh a cryptographic hash the way you might think of it there's there's actually some interesting math that goes into it because what you want to happen in the situation with fingerprints is that fingerprints let me take a step back in a normal hash uh sort of situation as you know there's some information and you use it to compute some hash value and the idea is that a small change in the information, say you only flip one bit, it has a giant change inside the the output hash value. Well, with fingerprints, that's not quite this. That's not true. It's actually in, by in, uh, intention near. If the if the fingerprint's the same, then the hash ends up being somewhat the same too. And so, the idea that first that a that a a hash of your of an image of your fingerprint is. Uh, is uh, protecting your identity in the way that a hash of, oh, it's a hash of my username or password does. It's not really true because it still puts you in a category. They can tell sort of where you are with just the hash. They can tell you what fingerprint you're similar to. And so it's not uh, cryptographically secure, even though it is hashed. Um, the the other thing is that they, they don't actually hash the image. And this was the fun fact uh, that I wanted to bring in. And I put a little picture in the show notes that... that uh, to illustrate it, um, what they're looking at is what's called the minutia on the on the fingerprint. So if you look at your fingerprint, um, there's different sorts of friction ridges, is what they're called, and they they'll swirl around, or maybe they'll make a shape uh, that looks kind of like a bell curve. Like that's what my fingerprints uh, look a little and bit. Sometimes like. they join up, and sometimes they split. Yeah, and and what sometimes they... they'll dead end as two other ones close in on each other. Yep, and that's the main thing that the uh, these algorithms are looking for is they're not looking for the overall shape of of the the fingerprint or the spatial frequencies of everything on there they're actually looking for points on the fingerprint where thing where the ridges either end or start or split from one ridge into two or combine from two ridges into one and they have what they do is they they pass over the image they identify all these points and then they pick um permutations of all these points and they say oh here's feature one two and three and there's they're this far from each other at these angles and feature one three and four are this far from each other at these angles and they take that information that's what's actually gets hashed and it's a little uh maybe it's a little technical but i i I enjoy this stuff and i wanted to mention that on the show um yeah and like you said these hashes these hashes aren't aren't the cryptographic sort where a single bit flip causes you to get a whole different value it's a single bit flip means that the, well the output that hash should only the new hash bit. is yeah. probably only one or two bits different right mm-hmm. and you can you can tell like how similar how similar the fingerprints are from the hashes by counting the number of different bits between the two hashes mm. 
And so when you when you do a search, like if you watch CSI and you watch them, we're, we got these fingerprints and we're going to check them. They'll usually have a computer. Yeah, it goes on the computer and then like you see the two different <laughs> fingerprints and it like yeah. circles show up and lines connect them. And it's like do 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 yeah, do do do. And it's like, perfect match. Yeah, so they do that to tell the audience that they're doing a fingerprint search. Because if you actually look at what these systems look like, they I don't think you, you see a yeah, photograph Yeah, it, it does not look like Hollywood OS crime fighting system yeah. 3.1. And as far as I know, I don't know this because I, for all for all law enforcement agencies and jurisdictions, I don't. it's hard to generalize because there's, there's so, so much is different between all these. But I think in general, what I've heard and what I've what I've seen is that they don't actually store the images of the fingerprints at all. They unless there's an ongoing investigation, this, oh, here's a print that's from the gun or something like that. They'll store that image. But when they register people's fingerprints, when they book them or something, they don't necessarily store all those images. In fact, that'd be stupid. You waste a bunch of space uh, in your database. Well, so. they used to do that, but now they don't have yeah. to. They used to have a Rolodex, you know, where they had yeah. here's the most wanted fingerprints, and that's about all they could do. And you check them manually, but they don't do that anymore. They have a they have a database and a search engine. And just for for the final fun fact, I have uh, from the FBI's uh, NGI IDFP repository. They had a fact sheet um, that mentions how many uh, fingerprints are in the database and so i won't ask you to guess because i know you've already read my notes but we had uh 59 uh almost almost 60 million civil fingerprints we had uh a little more than that uh almost 79 nearly 79 criminal criminal 79 million um the, there's three million uh individuals of special concern is what the quote is yeah, three and a half a, so three and a half million terrorists yeah it's hard to tell what that is uh, individuals of special concern could just be the no-fly list as far as i know and that's all that's a that one gets too close to politics but i have some thoughts about that I'll, maybe i'll tell you one day the um the last one uh, is 14 million for for opm which is the office of personnel management it's basically military fingerprints uh, or I won't call government, government workers, probably. It probably includes the post, uh, postal workers, even. If you get fingerprinted for your job uh, at, and you have a federal job, that's how you. That's what happens. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's uh, these big fingerprint ID repositories uh, that if you have the right credentials, you can search anyone on. So, anyway, it's it's not really. We pose this as a correction, but it's not really. It was something interesting I wanted to add uh, as a compliment. As a compliment to Grumpy Old Ben's. If you like that show, you well, know, the bit you about like the, the bit about the hashing, the bit about the actual hashing is a is a correction because they did have that wrong. Hmm. But the rest of it is, yeah, we're just uh, we're just stealing Metis's thunder here <laughs> with your fun facts yeah. that are not on a Friday. Hey, he didn't invent fun facts, okay? He did invent fun fact Friday, uh, him or Leela uh, or okay, both. Okay, it's not Friday though; it's Wednesday. I know. That's why I'm saying I mean, you're you're scooping them like Hagen Dazs. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what does that is that a thing now? We're scooped like Hagen. Apparently, it is. Well, we got scooped like Hagen Dazs by Hog Story for some bit that I was going to throw in. Uh, they had uh, episode 191, Room Slash, uh, with Nick the Rat, and that was um, that oh, was on Thursday. That was on Thursday. I wanted to mention that because that was an exceptionally fun show. Uh, it was. Yeah. There's all kinds of topics on there that I would not bring up in public, I guess, but uh, they don't have a problem with it, so you can go listen to that. 
Well, when you're when you're a couple of people in a smoker and you're talking with a sewer rat, I mean, what sort of topics are off the table? Yeah, what's off the table? They had another. Nothing's off the table in the smoker. Did, did they have another episode on Monday? Yes, they did. Yeah, it's just not posted yet. I was looking for it. I didn't see it. So that's why we're talking about the last one. Uh, but apparently they uh, they scooped us. So you said about uh, uh, something else that was in my notes. I actually forget what it was. Uh, was it they the artificial sun? Oh, it was the... No, it was, it was the modern day uh, Jonah. Oh, yeah, the lobster diver guy. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Now, you know what else is interesting? Nobody is actually mentioned. Years ago... This same guy walked away from a plane crash. Really? This is not his this is not his first time like rolling the dice and uh getting a natural 20 in terms of like <laughs> encountering a disaster of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy is either used up all his luck by now or or he is just like stupid isekai hero sort of luck who cold tell me who who are we talking about we, you've got to explain this story a little bit okay so so the listeners know what we're talking about yeah well we're talking we're talking about this guy he was uh, he was swallowed by a whale and spat back out mm. just like that december is song except with a spit just like out. jonah <laughs> just like jonah and the giant whale except that except that this guy got spat back out pretty much right away instead of after apologizing to god for not listening to him yeah so i was gonna get uh i was gonna get a bunch of clips of lobster main lobster guy saying uh saying things with accents but uh i didn't <laughs> um we had some other podcasts i was gonna mention i was bitching you about this before the show started uh we had uh well let me mention abs in a six-pack did a weird show they had uh, the the Abs frog the, in the six pack. They had the frog episode. I listened to this the frog episode. Yep, I listened frog to this story. Shit. Frog story. It, it was all about frogs. I I was I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. He said it was about frogs, and I asked him, "Wait, frogs?" And he says, "Yeah, it's a, it's a show about frogs." And it was a show that was just about frogs. I don't know what I was expecting, but uh, that Rip was it. fun. Ribbit. Uh, but behind the schemes, that was the last one. I was I listened to about ten minutes of that be, uh, over lunch today. Oh my god, I couldn't. Yeah, you you're not happy with that one. You you were expressing this before and <laughs> in the and in the chat too. Yes, I don't know. They had a flat Earth guy on there, and I I don't mind um, listening to people who uh, who have alternative theories for how the world works. But you know, this guy definitely rubbed me the wrong way, and it. it it's like in the in in the course of just a couple minutes, he he said like five things that were wrong uh, about science stuff that I know about. I said, "Holy shit, this guy has no idea what he's talking about." So, I I turned it off. I can't put up with that. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't know where they dug him up. Oh, apparently he's been on an episode of Grimerica before as well. Well, I'm not. Servo is saying in the chat room that you should look up the episode with him. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not in the mood to go look for more of this guy right now. I, uh, I didn't like anything I was hearing. So, it's just <laughs> like, how, how are you so wrong about physical things? Even stuff like he was talking about the, uh, the magnet, the, the brightness of stars. If they were, if they were as bright as the science said they were, they would be uh, impossible to see. They'd be so far away. It's like, wait a minute, that's your argument that the. The spectral density of light arriving from stars doesn't match physics. 
because dog, we know we we know this pretty well. You know, it's not a. It, it, it's somewhere in the middle. He says, "Yeah, well, and and we're just going to disregard the math, you know, uh, on this." And uh, it's like, "Well, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Disregard the math? If you if you don't disregard the math, it's pretty clear what's going on." Is you know, he's he doesn't want to he doesn't want to pay attention to anything except what he wants to hear. That's my my uh, my synopsis of him. Oh, that's more or less typical in this sort. Yeah. I'm I'm something about if you've worked on. S- stuff that's been into space then you have a and, and then someone sitting at you at a, this yeah you know the earth flies like okay i i mean i'll put up with it a little bit because i'm uh some of it's fun and i used to watch a couple guys on youtube who were who kind of fun they talk about you know what the theories were and the concave con and it's it's also fun when they get serious about it they say here's a mathematical model that explains um you know orbits but it's based on a convex earth or, or, you know if we were on the inside here's here's what it would look like okay that's fun but when when it's just blind ignorance and you don't want to learn anything about science you don't they talk about uh, electromagnetics but he doesn't know anything about electromagnetics you know that kind of shit it's like i don't know it gets to me i i can tell there's no there's no talking pe- these people out of it either it's just it feels like a waste of time. Let, let's switch it. Let's switch to something a little more fun then. How about a video game where you are a hamster? Okay. I'm. I'm. Do I run on a wheel? Do I eat pellets? Is there a is there a water bottle? No, that you I can run do? on a Saturn. You run on a Saturn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So there was this. Uh, unreleased game it was cancelled at the pro at the prototype stage that was going to be virtua hamster okay and yeah so essentially you're a hamster and you're running through like a hamster trail thing okay like it like tubes i'm running through tubes yeah now the the saturn the saturn version uh, never even really got started, but the, but there was a 32X edition. Oh God. That was, <laughs> that was cut down from the original vision and a prototype of it has been, has been released. We're talking about the Sega Saturn and the Sega 32X. And for people who yes. don't know, the Sega 32X was like a big wart that you put inside, uh, the cartridge, uh, receptacle on a sega genesis and uh it had what was in it uh an extra processor an extra ram was that was basically what was in it right essentially yeah yeah and it was um there's only a couple games ever for i i think i only played a star wars game for it that's the only one we really owned there were actually six games that were intended for the combination of 32x and sega cd okay so there, so they were Sega CD games that you could not play unless you also had a 32X in the system. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm looking yeah. at this. This, so you had you had the Sega 32X, which sits on top of the Sega Genesis and kind of on the side like a side cart. You had the Sega CD. Now I never had a Sega CD. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I never had that either. Yeah. So tell me about these hamsters. What do the hamsters do besides run through uh, tubes? Running through tubes. Well, what else would they do? Eat pellets, run on wheels, and uh, drink from those water bottles. Like the water dispensers. Uh, avoid, the... avoid snakes. Okay. 
and I guess also av avoid rats. Well, actually, <laughs> actually, you're like having skating competitions against the rats, I think. Like ice skate or roller skate? Like roller skate or skateboarding. Ah, okay, there you go. So you're like boarding through the hamster trails. Oh, geez. Oh, it's 3D. Yeah. Now, is this real 3D or is it, um, uh, was it the Sega Saturn just had a, had a sprite transform engine and it, it, it would, uh, map the sprites basically into what looked like a triangle, though it wasn't real 3D? No, I think the, I think the Saturn actually had real 3D because for one thing, it, it gets, per, it gets perspective right, which the PlayStation didn't. There's a whole there's a whole story about that when when they were porting Doom to the PlayStation, what they essentially had to do was turn the 3D engine into a into like a it a custom rasterizer where they would have like they would have like a one pixel wide uh, pair of triangles that they would have to like yeah. create a vertical texture on the fly. For each of those, for each of those columns, because otherwise the textures would not show up properly, hmm. because of because the busted ass uh, texture rendering engine built into the PlayStation. Meanwhile, N sixty four and the Saturn, despite the difficulties of programming either of those systems, actually did three D right. Now, Sega Saturn was also the one that had all the, uh, they, they would basically license anything in Japan. So it had like the Strip Majon games and all the era gay was on Saturn, but not on anything else. PlayStation wouldn't, Sony wouldn't, Sony wouldn't have anything with adult content, but Sega didn't care. Sega does what Nintendo and Sony don't. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it wasn't. Now, it, it, but the Sega Saturn had a shitload of games in Japan that never made it over to America. So there was no games if you bought one of these things Well, that America, goes for you know? all the consoles, honestly. They, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Saturn, the Saturn definitely they were they were more likely to to give to give you the rights to make a game for it over the other ones. Yeah, that's a shame too because if you think about what it takes to localize a game compared to build a whole new one, it seems like it. So if you had the source code, it's like well, what you have to do is change all the strings from uh, Japanese words to English words and and that's basically it. Oh, it's nowhere near that easy. Well, are you No, because there because of the difference in like in text lengths, like when you when you're looking at Japanese text, right? And you've got you've got some characters that essentially are an entire word or part of a word in a single in a single fixed width space. When you move to when you move to languages like English or French, and you've got you end up with like much longer strings that you have to figure out how is this going to fit onto the screen now it gets even worse when you deal with german because they're <laughs> they're like us on steroids when you're comparing against japanese mm. and there's a bunch of other issues as well i mean you you look at you look at some localizations and like you could just completely just like phone it in like what was done with zero wing or you could essentially rewrite it uh to do to be like what you think the audience will understand such as what happened with ace attorney right yeah 
eat your hamburger, Apollo. <laughs> right? Or you could have, like, how how Square and Nintendo got, uh, got the Final Fantasy games that were released for the Super NES uh, translated, where it was actually people who had a good understanding of both languages and limited the number of localizations in their translation to just the to just the bare minimum to keep the original character of the of the game and its story in place. Hmm. Can't you just I can tell you which one of those is guess which one of those is the most expensive. <laughs> the uh, the detail work I'm supposing. Why yeah. can't you just have the text spin by faster like Speed Racer? Because you games, just, just at least back really then, <laughs> were more. Everybody thought of them as aimed towards kids, and oh, kids won't be able to read that quickly. Wow, I I've played some local. Me games. Meanwhile, I've met a bunch of kids who can read pretty fast, and I've met adults who read really damn slow. They, I I have played some uh, some localizations where the only thing that was translated was new game, <laughs> and uh, and uh, that's it. Are you sure that Maybe was translated game, game and it over. wasn't just originally in English in the Japanese version? Well, because I've been. seen that. It it could have been the uh, you know just like really old shit for or you know the classic Zero Wing that was a Sega translated uh, localization, right? Move Zig, move Zig for great justice. Oh man, that was yeah, a good and one. there you had there you had people who were just. We're just phoning it in. They <laughs> literally very limited understanding of one language or the other, and just English the fuck out of it. Right? How are you, gentlemen? All your base all belong to us. And then you had, then you had like the Ace Attorney translations. You have where, no chance to survive. Make where your they time. said, okay, this is this is what this is what actually goes on in these cases. And, okay, I guess we'll have to keep this, but we're just going to do whatever the fuck we want with the names and everything else. <laughs> yeah. And and therefore, Japanese food that is obviously not hamburgers <laughs> is going to be called hamburgers. There because, fuck all y'all, we're going to translate how we want. This is like in Pokemon with the donuts. Oh, yeah, I love well, donuts. I'm pretty sure. Wasn't it Treehouse for both? Treehouse for both. I don't know what that means. No, like the the translations, localizations were done by Treehouse. Oh, for both um, the Ace Attorney games and the Pokemon games. Oh, uh, Pokemon games. I was talking about the Pokemon anime, which was for kids. Oh, oh yeah, that Tree, was for that was for right. kids. That there was no way in fucking hell that you were going to get a good translation out <laughs> of that. I mean, for kids is where localization goes to become eldritch horrors. Yeah, I'm still looking at Virtua Hamster here. This guy, this polygonal hamster has a jetpack, which you did not yep. tell me. You have to lead with this shit, okay? Virtua Hamster is a hamster with a cyber visor and a jetpack on his back, and he's not just flying through a hamster tube, he's flying through like a lab. There's like beakers and shit back there, dog. Well, you're gonna have gonna... to you're gonna have to get yourself a a uh... 32x emulator and <laughs> grab and grab the prototype gizzard it's Thorn, there waiting for you the scuttle password oh it's one of those games where you have a password yeah and the uh yeah it, it everything looks like the uh the bonus stages from uh sonic the hedgehog 2 
They're running down the inside. Except that, except that the tubes are fully closed. The, uh, the, uh, it's like a toothpaste tube, you know? You're running down that bottle, that, that squeeze bottle of, uh, Crest. I'm, we have spent so much time talking about this now and everything else. Virtua hamster. This is going to be a long episode. Eh, it don't matter. I don't care. And here, and here I was worried that with you traveling, we wouldn't have enough content to fill things out. Because I picked out so much stuff in, in fear of that situation, and <laughs> plus, plus things that I've been, I've been hoping to get out the door from past shows well, just that I up. never got to bring up. Bring it on. I don't care. We'll go long tonight. All right. Well, while we're still stuck in the 90s, Running I've in got the something 90s else even. to bring up for you. <laughs> Do you I'm, remember? Do you remember those? You remember those little buttons that appeared on like every web page in the '90s and early 2000s? Those ones that are like 88 by 31 pixels. The buttons. What kind of button? The button that said "click you know, me." Like, this was viewed be viewed best in Netscape Navigator. Oh, <laughs> and such that kind of thing. <laughs> written okay. with Notepad or written with Front Page and all of that. This <laughs> this email was sent by my Apple Mobile Mail. Not so, that they had let that, me but it's paste, the same Let kind me of paste shit. this into the chat room because you need to see this. You really, really badly need to see this. Signature banner buttons. 3,182 classic 88 by 31 buttons. Oh, God. Best at 1920 by 1080. Uh <laughs> Powered by Apache 2.0. So someone collected these things. Yeah. Where's Ben's? Some of these are modern. What's this Venus now? Yeah. That's a mean. Some for of the these last are modern, years. yeah. Some of them are modern, and it says from nineties, two thousands, and today. Viewed but like you see chrome. all, you see all of these, and it's like <laughs> a lot of them are like pretty, are pretty old and just wild to see. So, some of these are definitely newer, which I'm disappointed. Alta by. Vista. I'm going to part two. Cover me. I'm going to part two here. We got downloads, free downloads, super downloads, free downloads, super downloads, free email. Click yes, no. Where's the punch the monkey? That was a full size banner. Yeah, we got community place. Get rocket mail. Yeah. Oh my god, this is crazy. Yeah, the the punch the monkey is like full sized. Uh, was like the seven twenty eight by something or other flash animation banner ad so my route my uh my neighbor came in you know i was living in in new hampshire a long time ago i was, I was living with my roommate and uh, the the neighbor came over we had him over to watch like family guy and he comes in is yeah hey I, I i got myself set up i'm gonna win a free ipod i want a free ipod i said uh dog i don't think you want a free ipod he's well, you know, it's, it could be real. It could be fake. But, you know, what if it was true? What if I really did win an iPod? Like, my God, no. <laughs> Do you remember Two Cows? Two, two Cows still exists. Is this like the C, the the cow script from Linux? Or the no, like T-U-C-O-W-S. Oh, I was thinking of Cowsay. But no, yeah, I don't know. Cowsay, Cowsay is something completely different. Okay, what's Two Cows? So this was a portal and download site uh, back in the 90s. Okay. It was based out of here in Canada, even. Okay. Well, you know, a lot of stuff's based out of Canada. Like, a lot of adware companies are based out of Canada, so, you know, that don't mean nothing. 
Yeah. <laughs> Making the internet better. Making the internet better. So they are totally different from what they used to be, by the look of things. Hmm. According to Wikipedia, an American-Canadian publicly traded internet services and telecommunications company headquartered in Toronto and incorporated in Pennsylvania. Huh. So what do they do? I'm lost. What's Why, why are they important at all? So originally... Two Cows was a collection of freeware and shareware software. Okay. And it start it started off uh, originally hosted on like university and public web and FTP servers before getting acquired by another company a company called Internet Direct back in the mid nineties. Okay. And it's different from every other merger that happened in the nineties. How? Well, no, it's like, it was like, it was like, you know, how, remember CD-ROM.com? No. It was kind of like that, but, but not primarily designed as, as like a web front end to an FTP service, but rather the other way around. It was like a site that would host all these downloads for freeware and shareware developers and then, uh, and have like a nice front end to it. CD-ROM.com does not load. Just so yeah, you know. it doesn't load anymore because because Walnut Creek doesn't exist anymore. Um, so what I, they do now is things like domain registrations and... So the most boring thing you could possibly do as a tech company. Yeah. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Look, Apparently, mobile phone service in the United States, they owned... For a while, up until last year, called Ting, a reseller for T-Mobile. Did you know Thorn, the black rat, is a large, mean skating machine? Fast and vicious, he skates the tunnels looking for trouble. That's, no, I did not. That's Thorn. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> there, some of these are on skates. Some of these rats. Some of these hamsters. But yeah, Two Cows is not what it used to be. I, mi I miss the good old days of Two Cows. That was like the first place where I would go to look for downloads back in the day. Back in the day. Yay. Yay. Uh, what else do we got for topics here? Got to bring something in. Um, yeah, you bring something in. I, I'm, I'm talking my ass off here. I, uh, I watched a bunch of anime. Ooh, there's a good topic. Yeah. What did you watch? I, I actually caught up on 86. Oh, I, I awesome. Got, I got caught up all the way on 86. I'm actually current now. Went in the... Well, good, because there's only one episode left. Well, I thought it's a two-core show. The second core isn't airing right away. It's just a one-core show for now. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, we had... Um, I liked it. I still like it. It's It's got this thing where it reminds me of Angel Beats. Um, it, and I think the thing that really reminds me of Angel Beats is because right at the beginning, they kept killing people. <laughs> and they would do this <laughs> thing where it's like, Hey, care about this character. Here's a character you've never seen before. They, maybe they were in the background of like the last three episodes. They were like in the background somewhere. And uh, here's a here's them, uh, something nice happening to them. So please care about them for the next 22 minutes so we can kill them at the end of the episode. That kind of thing is, oh, it's just like Angel Beats. It's that shit again. Uh, Poor Kirchblut. Yep. Boku Reno was another one uh, that I was thinking of. Uh, that was, it was the... Um, I think it was from 2005 or something like that. That was the anime where they had, 
I think it's 12 students show up and then every episode someone dies. It's like they're in a death cult and uh, they have to pilot the robot. But whoever, if they, if they lose the battle, the earth is destroyed. If they win the battle, the earth survives for one more day. But the, uh, but the um, pilot dies and there's no way to save him is, is the deal. And so it's sort of guaranteed whoever pilots, it's going to die. And by the end of the show, they're all going to die. Is the is the premise? It's very depressing, and they they did not set up something like that uh, in in '86. Well, they they did a little bit. It was like oh, okay, there's some of that going on too, where it's just going to be okay. We're just going to watch these people die, but I uh, I I enjoy it once they once they got to the time skip stuff where they started out in I think they started out in April, and then they would have you know they're meeting the different characters, stuffs going on, and then when they did the time skips to June and July. And yeah, the pace picked like, up. That then it was really good. They're adapting the first. It's like this entire core is an adaptation of the first light novel, and I've now read up to the, read up through the third light novel. Unfortunately, I can't get a copy of the fourth right now because Amazon says they don't have any copies, and Chapters Indigo says they don't have any copies. Mm. Neither, well, Chapters says they don't have any copies either in-store or for order online. Of course, both of them offer an ebook version, but that's not, you don't buy ebooks. You fucking rent them until they decide to pull them away from you. Fuck that shit. Yep. Fuck ebooks. Yeah. It's another hole in the, in the market that's not being served. It's people who just want to buy a file. I want to buy, uh, I want to buy some flack. I want to buy this album. I just want the flack files. I don't want to stream it. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to have an app or anything. I want you to. I want to buy a copy of the audio data, and they don't want to give it to you. There's that's one or two places I've, you can get like, it, and that's it. If it, I can't get, if I can't get a DRM-free MP3, and I can't get a CD of it, I just don't get it because fuck that i don't need yep. to deal with all that bullshit it's basically amazon will sell you mp3s and there's not much else every once in a while there'll be an artist where they'll sell it off their website um well amazon at least up here will not sell you mp3s they will ooh. let you buy buy will pay for amazon music by the month unless you've got prime in which case you get a free month trial before you have to start buying and then well, that's sinister. And Wait then a minute. you don't get to keep any of that music. It's uh, it's all DRM'd and everything, just like Spotify and everyone else. Well, I don't have that. I have um, stuff that yeah, I downloaded. They, they, they fucking hate us here in Canada. And I get um, high bitrate MP3s, like I get a Hank Williams Jr. album, and yeah. that you just I think download it. MP3s in, in a folder. Yeah, I think what it is is in Canada, it's not illegal for us to to download stuff it's just illegal for us to offer stuff but because if we had the if we had like the unencrypted undrm'd files we could offer it whereas in the states both are illegal and so they feel a little more protected and so they'll be just slightly less of a dick to you guys than they are to us i don't think that they they're we feel protected, and that's why we're not we're we're letting up the uh, the shackles a little bit, you know. The yoke is a is a couple pounds lighter because uh, because of the legislature in the U.S. I don't think that's true well, at all. 
it's my it's my theory, and so far, so far, there hasn't been anything to disprove it. Well, I I we'll, we'll do this scientifically. They... If if something comes uh, comes along and and proves my thesis false, then I will figure out something. I will figure out something else and see how that tests. And uh, and and continue continually change your theory, uh, uh, it, can, or change your reasoning so that you're always uh, you always have something that you say you're right about. That, then you can no, be a flat it's, earther. It's, you can be a flat earther. It's not that. no. It's if if your theory is is falsified, then you come up with a new theory to explain to explain things. And if that gets falsified, right, that's how fucking science works. So how how long do you, before you start finding unfalsifiable things and then uh, and then and then making claims about them so that no one can prove you wrong? Like that's the winning strategy, isn't it? According to these guys, anyway. Let's find something that no one could prove me wrong about, and then we'll we'll pretend that that's uh, that it means anything. Well, I'm sorry, I'm still butthurt about I'm still butthurt about behind the schemes. <laughs> Yeah, I can tell. Why do you have Let that it go, guy man. on the show? Let it's, it go. It's just garbage. <laughs> it was bad radio. The only yeah. reason I kept listening because I was can can we get back to eighty six? I was I was waiting for I was waiting for Lavish to say something. I wanted I wanted him to go off on the guy, and it didn't happen yet. So. Uh what about eighty six? I took a bunch of screenshots. Yeah, I noticed. I'm, we're gonna have to include a couple of them in the show notes. Yeah, I've already decided on one of them for my post show toot. Oh yeah, which one? Oh, is or is I'm that the mystery? I'm not gonna say. You're just gonna, you're just gonna have to wait and see. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I got the. Uh, so the... You 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 put in your notes. You're like, it's all in North Africa, and let me tell you, when you see the maps coming up in uh, in the future, you're gonna realize that this isn't this isn't Earth as we know it. The the um, reason I had it's all in North Africa is because they have this s scene in the introduction. Uh, like during the opening credits, they have a map which shows a part of North Africa. They said, well, that's weird because obviously it's summer in the middle of June. You know, they're in the Northern Hemisphere and it looks like they're somewhere in Europe. So what's going on here? They don't, uh, they don't explain it at all. But Yeah, it, it's completely made up geography. Yep. You'll, you'll see that, you'll see that uh, when they start adapting the second, third volumes. Which, by the way, are a single story, just so long that they ended up publishing it as two volumes. Yeah. I really like the direction in this show, just the, the visual direction. You can see it in some of the screenshots I took, where there's a lot of... Um, well, first, the, the way they put insert songs, and they, they'll, they're willing to like put the credits in the middle of the episode if it's like it to accentuate what just happened. That kind of shit, I like it. Is it really that they're putting the credits in the middle, or is it just that they have like really extended cold opens and uh, and post episode the, clips? There were episodes where the and I looked at the uh, the timeline at the bottom of my media player. The marker, the chapter mark for where the credits start, uh, was right in the middle of it. It's uh, they did some funny things with a couple episodes where where they had a kind of a long open. They had the opening credits, and then they had you know, the scene that kind of took half the episode, then they did the, the, the end credits right in the middle. And then they had like 15 minutes of episode after it. So it was, they, they did some interesting sh uh, stuff, which I appreciate mm -hmm. that. In the, so uh, what I'm, what I'm expecting is in the last episode is well in the light novel, 
the epilogue is another two years of time skip away. Okay. And I'm wondering if they're going to do that or if they're just going to continue stretching things out because they they've done quite a bit of stretching against the uh, against the light novel itself because well usually you get two or three volumes of a light novel in a in a single core anime adaptation right yeah. and in this they're just like covering the first volume only in in like a ridiculous amount of detail and adding to the adaptation to more or less pad it out right yep so adding adding like a bunch of scenes where where there's like no dialogue or anything just to just to match with like the descriptions in the book and stuff like that and i'm wondering if they're gonna have that like epilogue time skip in episode 12 or not well they just did a big epilogue thing at the end of the last one so they had uh episode 10 was the latest one wasn't it Episode 11 was the latest one. Oh, uh, that just come out? I haven't watched it yet. Episode episode 12 comes out on the 20th. Yeah. I, I got up through 10 then, so I guess I'm one behind. They had the Fido monologue uh, or uh, epilogue at the end. It was fun where they had... I didn't think that I'd care about this robot dog character. <laughs> you know, maybe it's Battlestar Galactica ruined me for these sorts of things, but it's like, okay, it's a robot dog. I don't care. But It's because, was, it's, because it's AI has... Uh, has like grown through all this time normally they don't last this long and i guess it's reaching like a sort of like ai sentience point yeah oh well it's a cool show keep watching yeah so what do we got for yeah, uh, a wrap up here i got a cicada report the cicada report yeah. is that in the last 24 hours uh most of the cicadas have just died uh, to the point yeah. where I was talking with some people today about it. it it's it was striking between yesterday afternoon and uh, this morning. Yep, they're, they're done mating, and that's what they do next. But oh, in twenty four hours, you know, it's like they all died at once. And there's a couple out. It's you like still the hear cherry chirping. blossoms. So I saw the. Uh, I was sitting out on my porch again, and instead of hearing uh, ninety whatever it was ninety six dBA of cicada noise. I didn't hear that much of it. I heard a little in the distance, but I, instead of seeing them fly around, bumble around in the backyard, um, I saw a bunch of fireflies. And I haven't seen fireflies in the wild in a in a long time because I didn't see them in Colorado. And uh, it was kind of cool watch them fly around and you know blink. <laughs> but it, nature's blinking lights is what they are. Yeah, it's fun. I like the things. It makes you want to um, get a net and try and put them in a jar or something like that. <laughs> you know there's a guy who did surgery by by a jar of fireflies once there was some doctor who did that he had to perform an emergency surgery and they didn't have any candles and so there's a kid who had a um big jar of fireflies that he caught and he's performed surgery in the middle of the night by the by the jar of fireflies it's been done that's pretty wild yeah that's an old story uh little anecdote <laughs> Let's see. Let me run down the list real fast. We got a couple of things. I'm just going to run out through all my stuff. We had um, a story I was going to mention about uh, Cox Media Group, which was this This would tie into our radio station stuff we were talking about at the beginning. Um, they have. Yeah, but been, you said that was like a backup of a backup of story. Well, we're we're at that point, I think. <laughs> this. Uh, no, because I, I've still got plenty of stuff, too. Well, you know, don't hide it from me. Don't. Why, so you, you know, still have the artificial sun to talk about. Don't hide it under a bushel. Hit us with, hit us, hit us with the uh, with the Chinese fusion. 
Uh, um, they, uh, China has had a um, fission, I'm sorry, fusion reactor, not a fusion reactor, a, uh, not a fission reactor, a, a fusion, a fusion reactor, reactor. Yes. Um, which is a tokamak. Yeah, they have this. Um, the The article that I linked is from a while ago. It's when they announced just turning it on, which was late last year. Um, but they've they're breaking world records for the uh, the amount of heat that they've had uh, in in anywhere. And so they have the one hundred twenty million degrees Celsius uh, record that they had uh, maintained that temperature for one hundred and one seconds. Yeah, somewhere in China at the at this reactor that they're. Uh, they're working on the my main takeaway was i went up to look at what 100 million degrees celsius is in kelvin do you know what the answer to that is by the way uh something like 1,278,000 kelvin hmm. it i it's actually by the time you get to these giant numbers because the formula for kelvin is you take or is you take uh, celsius and has it 1,273.15 Kelvin. Did he actually uh, pull that off the website? Oh, Probably, cool. but the thing, but the thing is, I mean, Kelvin and Celsius are the use the same length of unit, if I can call it a length, and like zero Celsius is 273.15 Kelvin. Yep. Um. I don't know. There's there's something somewhere so convert, that converting I between the two is a is a simple is a simple issue add. of addition, yeah, and or yeah. subtraction. That's what I that's what I was getting to. Um, because Kelvin and Celsius at these temperatures are identical, because a few hundred when you're talking about millions of degrees Celsius in the in millions of degrees Kelvin, the error that's introduced by not adding. Uh, 270 or whatever, 260... Uh, 273.15. 273.15. The error of that is so small that basically at these temperatures, Celsius and Kelvin are the same out to so many decimal points. Which, I don't know, I guess makes sense, but I, I didn't realize that. It's kind of like that factoid where you find out that um, Fahrenheit and Celsius at, uh, at minus 40 degrees are, are the same between both. There's an intercept where they're equal. Minus 40 Celsius is minus 40 Fahrenheit. But yeah, imagine if we can actually pull this off, because so far, so far, I don't think we've actually generated power from fusion at this point. We, it's always, it's always taken more in than we've gotten back out. Mm -hmm. But if it ever does actually pay off, unlimited power! Yeah, <laughs> that's what all the headlines say. We're going to have unlimited power from... Um, I presume they're using no, you, hydrogen, you gotta right? say it you gotta say it like palpatine man unlimited power unlimited power <laughs> that's my palpatine impression you you turned into Darth Vader there at the end yeah oh man look at this hamster with his visor he's on the skateboard Flying this is, this is like the best thing I've ever found isn't it <laughs> hamster for you at least in his quest for freedom god damn this hamster hamster in his quest for freedom brave chip his name's chip his he, name's chip you're holding out on me what what is you didn't tell me this chip burns down the tunnels in search of the elusive scuttles oh my god outback is the kangaroo rat ah, his name's outback of course you said snakes, by the way. You did mention snakes. I'll give you that. You did not There's mention... There's a snake, yes. 
You didn't know. There's a mechanical snake. Oh, it's still a snake. He it just happens to be mechanical. He re <laughs> relentlessly patrols the maze, clicking and whirring, sniffing out rodents, slow and, and disposing of them. This font is hard to read. <laughs> There's also Maximilian the Mole. Yeah, yeah. What's Maximilian, though? He has a crown. That looks Tunnels, I suppose. He's a mole. Yeah. Sherman the Armadillo? Yep. There we go. All right. We're killing this one. <laughs> you, you're going to want me to actually, like, produce this game now, aren't you? Well, I don't know. Could you? Some screenshots would be good. Oh, there's plenty of screenshots and and a bunch of uh, bunch of like game design art in this. Yeah, I see that. Rating pending by ESRB. It's got the RP. Oh, it was rated KA. It looks like at the final uh, final block. No, this is a hamster with a jetpack on a skateboard. I'm putting that in the show notes. Yeah, it's in the show notes. Don't worry about yeah. that. <laughs> it looks fun. All right, what do we got before we close the shindig? I think most of what I've got left can be pushed aside. All right. Hamsters on skateboards with jetpacks. It's the only me, way to live. Reminds me of an old meme with uh, Rempai. The hamster on no? a the hamster on a wheel. I'll show you that. Not until then. I've been Abel Kirby. I've been cold acid. Adios. I had a good woman, but she lay down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman, but she lay down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied?